0: Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. Today with me from London is Henri Winand, CEO and co-founder of Akinova. And Henri, thank you for joining me today.
1: Carol, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you, and I and I appreciate you doing this so late on a Friday afternoon. Um,
1: well, it's, it's the best interviews are late in the evening for me.
0: Good, good. Tell us a little bit about what Akinova does at a high level.
1: So Akinova has been created to open up the insurance uh, opportunities as a asset class for investors to go straight into. So whether it's insurance risk or insurance risk, insurance linked securities. If you want to transfer and trade it, that's mm-hmm. the venue, the regulated venue in which to do that.
0: Got it. And you are VC funded, yeah?
1: So we, we are backed by uh, a, a mixture. To make a marketplace of this nature of work, you need to get backing from the insurance industry. So we mm-hmm. have insurance and reinsurance backers, Hiscox, MSNADD. Mm -hmm. You need to have data animation. So we have investors from the data and analytics landscape as well. We have VCs uh, from the East Coast, West Coast of the U.S., Mm -hmm. from Japan, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, from Israel. Mm -hmm. And we also have uh, uh, capital markets backing as well. Mm -hmm. And that's the...
0: I'm sorry. Go on.
1: That's the key. It's uh, yeah. you, you then have capital markets and insurance, and that's both sides of my marketplace. Mm-hmm.
0: And you and your co-founder, Jean-Michel Paul, founded the company in early 2017, yes? And, that's right. And, and you've taken about $4.1 million in funding uh, since August of 2018 through a seed and an A round. Although, uh, knowing you, and I've known you now for a couple of years, Um I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suspect that maybe you're either close to or have already done something with a B round or an A plus round. <laughs> so,
1: so we've done a number of things, mm-hmm. uh, which means that we're well capitalized, and we, but we haven't announced it. So uh, I, I won't say much more than that. Got it.
0: Got it. So uh, tell me a little bit about why you chose to go the VC route rather than bootstrapping your company.
1: So we did both, actually, because we co-founded the company in the early 2017. hmm. And we had a piece of paper that we went to check with a few future clients to say, hey, this is on one page, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And people thought, wow, if that's what you're going to do, get on with it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you need to know how you're going to execute, right? So mm-hmm. Jean-Michel and I bootstrapped by financing ourselves and a tiny little team. So we had a CTO, we had a commercial, mm-hmm. we uh, had a lawyer coming in, and we bootstrapped that for about a year. Mm-hmm. By that time we understood how to execute and that's when we took some external capital in August 18. So the, the real uh, cracking on with it at scale and getting on regulatory and everything else that we needed to do mm-hmm. started in August 18. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the pre-market study is bootstrapping. Uh, a lot of entrepreneurs will just go and build a whole lot of tech and blah, 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 et cetera. Right. And then you arrive, ta-da. And then the clients are saying, well, that's not really what I want, right? So right. we wanted to understand how to execute.
0: Yeah, very smart, very very smart. That's I and, and you make a really good point. People will build the technology without really understanding the need for it.
1: That's often the problem. Uh, yeah. You know, looking for a solution is the right way. Solution looking for a problem, less so.
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, so, what do you think? You, you know, you've talked a little bit about taking funding from, I mean, really globally and from different types of companies, from insurance to venture capital. What do you think the attraction is about Akinova? To, you I know, from a from a funding standpoint,
1: uh, of course, it's uh, the expectation of great return. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, marketplaces have high operational leverage, extremely high gross margin, mm-hmm. so good net margin. So, cash generation uh, is the place to be. the mm-hmm. The challenge with the uh, with the marketplace, of course, it's two sided. Uh, as a matter of fact, I would say it's even three sided. The clients we serve are the insured on one side. Mm -hmm. It can be your corporate. They can be an insurance company. They can be a reinsurance company, any one of those, Mm -hmm. and funds for that matter. Mm -hmm. On the other side, of course, what I need is matching the supply to the demand. So it's like when you launch, let's say, Airbnb. You're going to have some people who want to go, let's say, to Colorado to take a location, mm-hmm. and but no rooms in Colorado. What do you do, right? Or the other way around, you have rooms in Colorado, but nobody wants to go there. What, what do right. you do? So, so it's matching supply and demand, which makes it, whilst marketplaces tend to do winners takes most, not all, because there will be several marketplaces, mm-hmm. you, you need to understand that matching supply and demand is really the game. And that takes a little okay. time. So mm-hmm. the attractiveness is that the returns and the margins are fantastic for marketplace. Mm-hmm. And once you're in there, you're in there for a long time. Mm-hmm. The downside it takes a little bit more time to to, to get there.
0: Yeah, very good. Um, what would you say is the biggest problem you solve for your clients?
1: So today in a hard market, we allow insured, uh, we enable insured and brokers to, to do deals. So when you go to the current uh, markets, you find out just risks that you cannot place. So if you're a broker today, and you've been going around the markets, the traditional markets, the alternate capital markets, but the, this mm-hmm. fear of people who exist, and you're there, you can't serve your insured and your clients, mm-hmm. A, you're not gonna make money, and B, your insured is gonna be pretty miserable because they can't cover the risk they want to cover with a contingent capital solution. Mm-hmm. So we come in, we have a customer success team, we have the technology to create the deals and to create deals and make deals happen. So if you're a broker, whether a retailer wholesale, and there are some deals you can't do today. Come to us. Mm-hmm. We'll make sure that they happen. We don't have a 100% strike rate, but mm-hmm. we have had some very exciting deals going to flap, uh, to, through the platform. Mm-hmm. The other side, the investors have access to deal flow that they don't necessarily see today. Mm-hmm. So both sides of the equation win. So the insurer and their broker can do more deal and make money or cover their risk. Mm-hmm. And the other side, as an investor, you see deal flow that today you don't see. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do today.
0: Yeah, and Akinova is 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 really sort of at the intersection of InsurTech tech and fintech, would you say?
1: Yeah, that's uh that, that I think it's um, actually a very perceptive and accurate representation. We are regulated. What we saw is for this industry to truly grow more than the linear trend on which we are today. Mm-hmm. If you look at the insurance, it's largely linear with GDP. So it's a one-to-one with GDP, mm-hmm. right? So you do one, two percent growth. Everybody's happy when you have a bit more GDP, uh, GWP uh, growth. And uh, then everybody's concerned about uh, the lost, uh, adjusted expenses and mm-hmm. you know uh, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. To really transform the industry, we need to be able to enter classes of risk, which today people don't think they can underwrite. And mm-hmm. so I'll give you an example. If you want to do cyber at scale, if you want to do intangibles at scale, mm-hmm. if you want to do even credits, uh, things without dislocation, and lots of movements, um, you need to be at the intersection between capital markets and insurance because capital markets values the assets, the right. intangible assets the whole day long. Insurance tries to put a wrapper of a length of, let's say, a year around mm-hmm. the risk, but if you can't price it at the intersection between the two, you will not be able to do intangibles. You will not be able to do contingent business interruption at scale for logistic disruption, etc. Mm-hmm. And so having done the regulatory framework that is insurance risk meets capital directly, right. we've had to push insurance regulatory framework, capital markets into our framework, into one new thing called mm-hmm. the insurance marketplace. And that's what we've spent two years to do. And we received our full regulatory approval in January of this year.
0: Yeah, that's really great. Um, tell me a little bit about the journey to where you are today. And what had you say, you know what, it's it's time to start a company.
1: <laughs> well, it's not my first one. So that's the first one. That to, you, to that think is that your
0: first one that you founded?
1: It's, uh, it's the first one where uh, I am generally the founder. Okay. Uh, with or co-founder in this particular sure. instance.
0: And that's, what I'm, that's that, what I'm getting
1: after. Before that, it was either an entrepreneur came up and I made a seed investment or the company in which I was decided to make a seed investment and mm-hmm. then we basically gone with it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I like to, what really floats my boat is meet technology, a bit of tech meets a big market requirements. And where a regulatory mode with a bit of technology mode mm-hmm. will give you the, the, the ability to execute at scale. So big problem, bit of tech, some regs, and that mm-hmm. gives you the, the, the head start that you need to go and execute your plan. So mm-hmm. that's really what I like. Why now? Uh, I'm just now uh, in my early 50s. Mm -hmm. and i think i've got um one more if not two potentially three more ventures right uh why not doing i've done in the past some hardware ventures um in the energy space Mm -hmm. uh, some taxi ventures in Mm -hmm. the you know transportation uh, space new energy uh in-flight entertainment you know stuff with hardware Mm -hmm. and if you go more to the software which is going back to my roots Mm-hmm. Um, the working capital intensity is a lot less. You don't need to have a factory. Right. Uh, and the business model flexibility you've got allows you to execute. So to be able to get to an exit uh, you know, within a five to 10-year horizon mm-hmm. is far more doable with less hardware than more mm-hmm. hardware. That's why I wanted to do another one, and this time it had to be in synthetic products.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Insurance is in synthetic. And uh, in a space where it was about execution around software.
0: What do you mean when you say that insurance is synthetic?
1: Well, it's a synthetic product, isn't it? It's a—it's like a bank note where mm-hmm. uh, I, I basically give you five bucks, but actually it's not five bucks. It's a promise of if something happens to you, you're going to get paid or you may get paid depending on how the contract is written, right? Mm-hmm. So by definition, it's a synthetic product and it's based on you know credit rating, it's based on analytics of what sure. it's worth. What's it truly worth, and you know all the things that we know about capital management.
0: Yeah, very interesting. So, uh, prior to, prior to founding Akinova, you spent ten years with Intelligent Energy, and you were their CEO. How do you how do you feel that your background has prepared you for what you're doing right now?
1: Well, it included building a business from thirty people to five hundred people, mm-hmm. uh, from two countries to. JVs in Japan, uh, uh, business in Singapore, India, uh, West mm-hmm. Coast U.S., uh, and doing business globally and doing licensing and mm-hmm. uh, making stuff in, in ver- various countries. Mm-hmm. So the scale-up from typically your tribe up to about 25 to 30 employees, from mm-hmm. 30 to 500, it's a, it's a true scale-up and you have sure. to think about FX and all that. So scale up is an important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we took the company from about two hundred fifty odd thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars a year of revenues to north of hundred million. Yeah,
0: very great. Um,
1: um, so, so again, that's a scale up. Mm-hmm. Um, we did an IPO. So again. The capital raises uh, through my career uh, in dollar term I probably raise about two hundred and fifty to three hundred million dollars for mm-hmm. companies that I've had the privilege to serve, mm-hmm. um, and and then also the uh, the posts uh, the post listing the ups and downs, uh, all these things that you go from a. Really, uh, a teenager as a company to now you have to behave uh, like a grown up, and <laughs> you learn a lot by making mistakes every day. Yeah. And yeah. so, my mantra is: um, hopefully, I'm not too stupid when I wake up in the morning, uh, but I'm far less stupid by the end of the day because I've learned. And you learn by making mistakes as well mm-hmm. as by having successes. Probably more from mistakes than successes.
0: Very, very good. You took the words right out of my mouth because I've had this conversation with every founder. <laughs> Uh, exactly talking about the mistakes you've made and, you know, where do you learn more from your mistakes or your successes? It's typically your, your mistakes, right? Uh, it's not that you can't learn from your successes, but, you know, the opportunities to learn from your mistakes so that you don't make them again, right?
1: I think that's that's one of the, when the biggest mistakes I've ever made were mostly around people. Mm-hmm. So the, the wrong selection of people, oh, the, uh, mm-hmm. the poor onboarding, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and I, I'm an I'm an optimist. I mean, most entrepreneurs are optimists, right? That's uh, right. Because you know, who would want to have odds of one in ten to one in a hundred? You know, one in ten to have a reasonable business, one in a hundred to have a you know very good very business. Very
0: great success, sure.
1: Uh, so so you have to be an optimist. And it, it, very often, when you then interview people, you put onto the third party the you know the interviewee or your potential business partner. Uh, you put some positive attributes and then you forget to think about what the, the questions are. And I tend to, there are typically two questions I always ask is, one is, tell me if it's five o'clock in the morning and it's raining horizontally and it's freezing, why do you get out of bed? And,
0: <laughs> and
1: that generally is a question that I ask people. So I want to understand what makes them tick. Yeah, sure. And the other one is, um, give me a horror story in your career. And what I look for then is what the person has learned. Not yeah. the whole story per se, but and I learned this, and I learned that, and this, and uh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'd rather I'd rather hire someone who's made mistakes and learned from it, mm-hmm. as opposed to just a, a lucky general is good, right? But you want to have someone who's actually, you know, what I've got business skills,
0: right? Do you do you also uh, when you're interviewing, since you brought that up, do you look at uh, when somebody tells you about their mistakes, how they've been accountable for those?
1: I i yes, I mean, what you want to do is uh look when you make a mistake, you're not running to the hills, ultimately, mm-hmm. bugs stop with you and uh you take uh you take accountability for what it is that's right um and I mean that's the only way you can go and and make it right, so what I look for is okay, I made a horrific mistake, and usually what I then tease uh try to tease out the conversation is what did you learn and how do you do make the situation better yeah. than you know when it started mm-hmm. um and some people will just say it just was not retrievable, but I was honest and I just said it as it was. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that, you know, don't do this again.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's well, okay. yeah. I mean, listen, it's, it's happened to all of us, right? It's happened to me certainly where I've looked and I thought, well, I just had no control over the outcome of this, but what can I still learn so that, you know, if, when this happens again, I can handle it differently for a different outcome.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the reasons why um, I uh, went into Akinova is because I met my co-founder through my brother, mm-hmm. and I had promised my family that I would take six months off, and, and I did. I mean, in fairness, it was two days in that I met my co-founder, and then I couldn't get the idea out of my mind. I went to do some checking, but I was still, I was still there taking time off. Sure. And. One thing that, uh, you know, you, you learn in life that time is the most important currency you've got. Mm-hmm. And um, that was brought uh, home to me that three months after the IPO of business, so uh, intelligent energy, mm-hmm. uh, my daughter was seven, passed away unexpectedly, and uh, mm-hmm. I was Mm-hmm. I was, I just arrived in Japan for a bunch of meetings. Ugh. And uh, so we have a, we have a son who's phenomenal now. He's towering over me, He's six foot three, oh seventeen 17 year old, uh, and a fantastic wife who does, a, who's also an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so these lessons are things that how people react to those and how people then learn what really is the essence.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And to me, time is the, you know, that's the only thing that we haven't quite worked out how to do time travel. So (laughs) by definition, you've only got a certain amount. You don't know when it finishes and use it well. And then what keeps me turned on is if you can improve things. So if you started your life and you finish your life and you've had to improve things, which is really the note of Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur, then you've done something right. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And you you know, some people invest in their family. The next yep. generation is the improvement. Some people invest th- that and other things. And that's also, that's fine. Yeah. What I don't want is have just gone through life and not given my best shot. And and right. by doing that, you find, you know, the, the roadless travel has some really exciting things in there, which is you can shape, you'll need luck. You need all the stuff you, you're you going to get. Um, but you can shape where you deploying your time mm-hmm. and that's that to me is really the excitement
0: yeah that's really wonderful i mean you know you're very very self-aware and it's really great for me to hear that because not all founders are <laughs> um do you have competitors in the market at this point and what challenges would you would you say that you're having or you and your competitors are facing
1: look okay if you don't have any competitors, uh, it's bad news because uh, you could be uh, drinking on bath water and thinking that you have a fantastic thing, but nobody really wants it. So competition is good because it shows that others are mining the same Mm -hmm. idea. And also it keeps you honest because you're always there thinking, have we missed something? Do we need to go Mm -hmm. faster? Right? So, and and you really great entrepreneurs are constantly Slightly schizophrenic, they're they're thinking right. Someone is after me because it's true, right? Right. Yeah. Now, the the reality is so so. Competition competition is good, and we do have some. Yeah. There are completely different strategies. But what we find is quite funny. As as soon as you say marketplace, immediately people have marketplace. So so you compete with X, Y, and W. they are very different strategies. Right. So so different way of approaching the market, which is again is really good because at some point one of those will succeed, and of course we hoping on, it will be us. you. <laughs> right so 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 what's the key challenge the key challenge is what we found is so far when people talk about the electronic marketplace risk transfer etc immediately um the investor will ask you who's going to lose and in most people's mind people are talking about is the broker is going to lose is this or that or someone else mm-hmm. is going to lose the reality is not true If you have a proposition, which is what we have, which is about growth, and I'm Belgian, so I will always look at not just the business case, but the business cake. If you can visualize a much larger cake, people have far less tendency to argue about the slice of the cake they're going to get. So as long as your proposition is about making all the various market participants more successful, faster, to be able to do new Mm -hmm. stuff, that you don't need to have someone to, to lose because what you do is efficiency, mm-hmm. but you also do effectiveness. One is doing the right thing. The other one is do things right. Efficiency always leads to eventually you do a lot of volumes, but no money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Effectiveness means that you can do new stuff for which you can command new margins and do. And that's our approach to life is mm. we always look for how do we increase the size of the pie to take another metaphor And, and then you can then slice the pie because there's more for everybody to go after. Right. right. And, and, and that's where the major change is. We're not going after reducing the business broker, quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. We are there to give better terms to the uh, insurers. Mm -hmm. And how do we do that? Is because the capital efficiency is better on the other side. Interesting. And so you can grow the market and you can have better terms.
0: Got it. So who's your ideal client and what makes them ideal for you?
1: So at this stage is a client uh, that has a, you know, in business, you want to have, um, you want to sell aspirin to people who have got migraines first. Mm-hmm. So we look for the clients, the insured and the brokers just can't get their deals done. Mm-hmm. And and as it happens, I'm the aspirin, right? So that's phase right. one. and And then phase two is always sell vitamins so people can run faster. Mm-hmm. And phase two is about the market making, is about new type of products, which mm-hmm. on the right uh in a very different way. It's about a market animation and market making. Mm-hmm. And so we are in the um, in the selling aspirins to people who have migraines at the moment phase mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. hey, you're not going to argue too much. Mm-hmm. So, Carol, if you come to me and you say, I've got a, uh, you know, Henri, you look like you've got a migraine. It's likely to also say, you know, uh, how many aspirins going to buy from you, right? Right. So, well, so right. the ideal client is a client that's got, they just can't lay off their risk. Uh, it's a broker that just can't construct a structure at the back on the other side. And they mm-hmm. look for, we've got a, an amazing database of about 20,000 global, yeah. uh, global investors across most asset classes, typically, Uh, An insurance uh, insurer will go to, what, 200, maybe 300 different uh, markets. Mm -hmm. So we bring these new markets to an audience that needs cover.
0: Very great. So how many employees do you currently have?
1: So, gosh, we we believe in our uh, semi-variable cost structures. So the core team until recently was about seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually we, we have had some long-standing relationship with, uh, various subcontractors. Mm-hmm. So we currently turning that into permanence. Great. I would expect the outturn towards the end of the year will be about 20.
0: Wonderful. And if, you know, if I was an employee of yours, uh, what might I notice from a standpoint of your culture, your, your company culture and what makes it unique?
1: Gosh, that is a great uh, it's one of the most difficult answer <laughs> very very demanding very mm-hmm. um, you know client-centric good.
0: Um,
1: very uh, you know there was the good old saying from Jack Welch if you have your backside to your clients and you face to your customer uh, to your uh, to your boss is the wrong way around it should right. be the other way around right, That's right. So, so so very client-centric We're very thoughtful. We are a bunch of engineers and clever people. So we do Mm -hmm. tend to discuss things for a while, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is important to come up to a more balanced uh, Mm -hmm. outcome. Um, Tend to listen a lot and then do stuff because uh, strategy without execution is, uh, what is it? Um, Vision without uh, execution is hallucination. So execution is what it's all about. So very outcome focused
0: yeah would you say that um you are building or have built you know given you said core team about seven and you'll be at about twenty by the end of the year full time would you say that you have a culture of feedback, and do you know what I mean by that?
1: I think so uh and I like to think so uh okay. the challenge is, of course you don't really know until i mean it's uh until you really have the ability to uh to scale the feedback is a challenge, particularly uh more distant we are now. I mean yesterday for ages, I hadn't had the chance to go to uh and have a relaxed chat with a actually it was a pub. We' are freezing outside because you can't get in but you could you could be outside um and uh, my CTO and I could just share a, a, a pint of a beer. Yeah. Which I don't as the Belgian is very old, but I don't drink a lot of beer, and uh, we just had a good chat, and mm-hmm. just the body language and everything, everything else, I think is important to to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think um I can be very direct in my feedback. Okay. Um, but you have to to temper that because you know one thing that uh, we have in the industry is frankly gender balance is just poor. Yep. Uh The company Akinova looks like a men's club. Uh, Yeah, yeah. that's
0: exactly what I was going to ask you about that. So I'm glad you brought it up. You
1: don't have any women working for you, do you now? We do actually. Uh, We just made an offer today uh, to uh, uh, a lady in the commercial team. So I'm hoping that that goes through. So we have uh, two women now in the commercial team. We have Mm -hmm. one on my advisory board. We are now, you know, I'm pushing very hard to get uh, uh, a new CEO for our Bermudian operation. So yesterday we announced that the Dennis Mahoney, who's well-known in the industry, mm-hmm. uh, became the chairman of our Bermudian subsidiary, which is the operating company. So right. that's super exciting. Mm-hmm. And, but, but gender imbalance is wrong for business, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at insurance in, as a whole, um, a lot of it looks like me. Yeah. And business-wise, it makes no sense.
0: Well, and and more and more research is being done, you know, really showing that women uh, in leadership roles, particularly executive leadership roles, contribute directly to the bottom line.
1: There's mm-hmm. just no debate. There's um yeah. uh, the ex vice chairman of the Goldman Sachs, uh, Kathy Matsui, I think, uh, mm-hmm. in Japan. Uh, she wrote she wrote a book, I think, with um uh, when she was still at Goldman. So she left a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's women, we, women omics. I think it's the way you you say it, right? So economics. The bottom line is that you have better quality decisions. Yeah. You you have less of a let's let's uh, all jump off that cliff, uh, mm-hmm. lemming-like uh, activity, and fundamentally, the problems are being looked at in a very different way. Mm-hmm. And so the the decision and the outcome is usually of a high quality. And, and mm-hmm. I've seen that in previous businesses. So. It's something that I'm passionate about. The needle is moving, but by God, it's slow,
0: and yeah, it shouldn't well, be. And there, there are things you can certainly do about that. And I, I mean, the bottom line is, is yes, to bring in more diversity, but you don't want to bring somebody in just because it's diversity if they if they're not capable of doing the job. And that's where I think that's where the balance lies, right? Um. So, so uh, one of my last questions: How do you typically spend your time when you're not working?
1: Uh, I read a lot. Uh I read a lot of news, lateral technologies, um uh so it, it kind of feels like work but it's not. So it allows me to kind of ruminate and you yeah. know, percolate.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh
1: you know, in business you can do two things. You can go and have an espresso, you know, two minutes later you've got a strong cup of coffee, or you can have a cold brew, which is overnight, right? So that's my spare time is when I can do the cold brew stuff, which is to percolate stuff slowly. Yeah. And best best decision then come usually when you get back in uh, in expresso mode afterwards. Uh, I love to spend some some time. uh, Just, you know, one of the benefits of uh, uh, if there's any such thing with uh, the tragedy of COVID is I'm far more at home than I've ever been. Mm -hmm. And I get on with my wife and my son and it's it's just awesome. Mm -hmm. uh uh, i love cycling so last year i did about ten thousand kilometers on the road because Mm -hmm. i could be instead of being five hours and commute every day i could do my that's right 40k a day yeah uh breathe some fresh air brings it allows you to think about stuff as well as you're Mm -hmm. cycling and I love to uh, have a good bottle of wine with some friends. And so we've done some virtual dinners, you know, with stuff like this where you were people on different Zooms yeah, um, around the table. Yeah. And is it the same as uh, the real stuff? Not really. But a good bottle of wine. It'll, nice it, yeah, it'll do in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> you bet.
0: Right. So if uh, if there's anyone listening that was, is thinking, wow, this is a company I'd love to know more about and maybe even be interested in talking to them about if they have any positions that could be a fit for what I do, uh, how would they go about doing that?
1: Uh, it's super simple. Uh, they just uh, email me, call me. All the details are on the website, um, www.akinova.com, A-K-I-N-O-V-A.com
0: very wonderful and if somebody goes to your website is there any particular place that you would say this is a great first stop on our website to learn about us
1: it's it's a super simple proposition on the website so they just scroll down um and it is uh it's so good that it's been the same for about 18 months now so we're about to change it for for Mm -hmm. those so Get in now so you can see the original one, and uh, soon there will be a new one. Um, so uh, if you if you want to see how the company started, now is the time.
0: Good, good. Well, Henri Winand, uh, CEO and co-founder of Akinova, headquartered in London. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I really appreciate it, and thank you for your time. Carol, thank you. Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevationcom slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag